There was that guy on uh, YouTube who was telling us that we were mispronouncing. I was mispronouncing things. What was his name? King. King, King, King of Pearl? King of Pearl. Her perdition. Uh, Hammerhead Steve. That's got to be his name. That's how. That's the way it's spelled phonetically for me. <laughs> Previously on a Face for Wrestling recording session. You ready to record today? What do you mean ready to record today? Dude, it's like the 17th. I got an episode due on the 9th. Yeah, but I got shit to do. And we got this to do. Yeah, but not everybody has time to do this shit, man. Not all of us have time to post up reviews and go to wrestling shows on the Facebook. Facebook slash faceforwrestling.com. Well, I mean, I'm over here. You're over there. We still got this to do. I mean, don't be jealous of me. Jealous? I'm not jealous. Just because you get to go hang out at wrestling shows and see cool mullets and stuff doesn't mean I'm jealous. It just means I'm busy. Well, are we going to record? I mean, what am I going to do, dude? We got to record today. If you want to record today, you know what you can do? You can come here and do something about it. Yeah, mother... Now, on a Face for Wrestling recording session. And that's how you keep an idiot occupied. Welcome to a special quarantined episode of Face for Wrestling, where we continue our video review of Stardom Wrestling. I'm Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And Dr. Brian... Wait. Matt, go grab him. Doctor. Doctor, it's time to record. It's time to record. Don't forget, you can check out our episodes on the YouTube and our podcast channels over on iTunes and SoundCloud. Matt, I actually was going to go straight into the episode today and start a review so we could potentially get a very special episode out as a bonus for everybody that's in quarantine. However, I have something very special with me today. Something very special. Something very special. I'm going to hold you to this. I have worked very hard for the past month to get this. Behind the scenes? Behind the scenes. Behind even my scenes? Behind the scenes from even you. What do, what do we got? So, normally, uh, folks, Matt and I both are on all the social media. You'll see me tag my stuff with the dash W at the end of it. You've here, never seen me. But. Yeah. <laughs> here lately, I've been deleting stuff off the water back end, like the messages and stuff, uh-huh. and on the Facebook, because I've been working with somebody in Osaka. Japan. Yes. Where is Osaka in the States? <laughs> Michigan. For those that haven't figured it out already... We are back in God's Republic of Texas, somewhere deep east. Deep, deep east. In the original Face for Wrestling recording studios. The secondary original, but original nonetheless. 
our audio may slightly be off on this episode because normally we do this over Skype and we have two different microphones and right now we're sharing one. And staying six feet apart. Oh, absolutely. Per government warning. <laughs> Come and take it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take my podcast over my cold, dead hands. So let me go into the backpack over here. The backpack of doom. And I will post a clip of the uh, picture of this in the video. That's some fancy. That's a fancy envelope. You will notice that we're going to call him Bob because he doesn't want to be identified. Fair enough. Hi, Publicly, Bob. Japanese Bob has answered my call and helped me out. Matt, I want you to open it. I get to do the honors, huh? Maybe. Are you smarter than an envelope? Holy shit. Can you tell us what you're doing? Sorry, I'm opening <laughs> the plastic covering a program from the Kigetsu Finale Show, correct? It is. This is amazing. I was only able to get one so far. Dibs. Well, I was going to say that I did bring back some other stuff with me, but this will be the first piece of memorabilia to officially go in our FFW recording studios. Wow, this is some weird stuff, seeing Kigetsu at a young age. I will be posting pictures of inside the book here and there uh-huh. in, uh, as we're going through this. But I thought, what better way to commemorate my grand return to the God's Republic of Texas? With a piece of memorabilia that will go down in history for stardom. This is pretty amazing. Speaking of that, if anybody out there knows where to get some old stardom merch, hit us up in the comments, on the Twitter, DM us, whatever. We're definitely looking to get some old stardom merch. So if you know a good source, let us know. Absolutely. And as we've noticed our podcast growing, we're up as we record right now, we're up to 60 subscribers. Our goal eventually is to come across some of this stardom merch and start like raffles and stuff like that for you, the fans. Because if you're listening to this, you're as much as fixed to stardom as we are. And why not? It's some of the best wrestling out there today. I'll be with you in one second. (laughs) This is really cool. Sorry, I'm really, I'm really excited about this. Oh, look, I see a wolf spotting. High five. That's really neat. Thank six you. Feet, six feet apart. Six feet apart. <laughs> Again, super shout out to Japanese Bob. Big fan. I, I dig it. Bit of house cleaning before we actually get started today. Matt, somebody's figured out that I might be slightly deaf. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're asking Stone Cold what he has to say? What? King Upuru. I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced because I've never heard it nor never seen it phonetically spelled. On our YouTube page is diligently helping us. Now this is serious. He is really helping. He? She? They. They? They. 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 But they are really helping us and we really do appreciate it. I'm the one that does a lot of the editing for the shows. That may change while I'm here in Texas with Matt. Doesn't look hopeful at this point, based off his reaction. You're doing good already. You don't need me messing it up. You keep going. But I agreed. Massive props to King of Pearl 
I think it would be Puro, because that's kind of the wrestling style over there. During the previous episode, I think I've been saying Ryaka and Kiori's name wrong. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that was the two I think he, he named. Our amazing supporter tells us that you can actually hear the names being announced during the introductions. I will take your word for it, sir. <laughs> yeah, he's hard of hearing, and I tend to zone out until the kicks start flying. <laughs> I do defer to Matt on this, as it's no secret that I have the William Shatner disease. Regardless of the characters I portray on TV and on the big screen, my tinnitus once buried me in a negative place where many of you are now. But again, we really do appreciate it. And we always encourage our listeners to leave comments and inform us of what's going on. Point us in the right direction because we are by no means experts. No, and I'll say I'm really slow at posting the GIF of the day every day. But we're really good at responding to comments. We want to hear from you. We'll definitely respond back. Like I said, this is fun for us, so we want it to be fun for you. If you have anything to say, leave it down below. I've said it before and I'll say it again that we have no... I have no shame, and our primary goal behind this podcast is to spread the word of stardom. Yeah, and I allow him to have no shame. So, whatever you want him to do, he will probably do it. What y'all don't know right now is is that I'm actually in my bathrobe, and that's it. I don't think it's his bathrobe. That's the scary part. Holy YouTube, Batman. Episode 4 is over 1,300 views, and episode 5 just passed 800. And 90% of our channel's watch time are with those two episodes. We've gotten better? Maybe. Or the fans have gotten better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back, fans. I can also see a lot of the analytics behind the scenes on YouTube through their creator portal. Mm -hmm. I think that's the name of it. Sure. That a lot of our traffic will find us and then head over to the official Stardom YouTube page. As you should. If our work here is bringing them more eyes and a bigger fan base, then mission accomplished for us. That's all we care about, really. We really enjoy doing these episodes and hope that we can help stardom get even bigger. Depending on the COVID-19 situation, will depend on how our NWA episodes are going to come out now. We had to sneak around to even get this episode done, so... However, this virus is not all bad, as it's allowed me to be my true self as the fifth horseman of chaos. There's that. And on top of that, guess what else we've been able to do? Go watch old stardom matches. Oh, absolutely. Nothing to do sitting around. Go watch a match from 2011. www.stardom-world.com 900 yen a month. It's not that much. It, it's not as much as you think it is. It's cheaper than the WWE Network, even with their free offering right now because of the virus thing. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely go check out some of the old stuff. We just actually got to watch Deathmatch Tam. More on that to come in the future. With everything being shut down as far as flights and everything like that, um, I don't really have much else to add to this other than I've been able to add a new dub translation to our lexicon. Kovac. Kovac. Check out episode two for more information on German ducks and Japanese pigs. We're actually going to get another animal to add to the lexicon today. Mm, a little bit of spoiler coming up later. <laughs> a lot of wrestling organizations and independent wrestlers are in a puzzling state right now. We would like to encourage our viewers to take a moment and remember that with everyone in a wild state of quarantine right now, your favorite wrestlers are too. 
Stardom recently went above and beyond with their March 8th show, which was renamed to the No People Gate and was streamed live on YouTube over on their official Stardom channel. The main event of this show was a lumberjack match, putting Mayu against Saki in a possible repayment for her betrayal. Head on over to check it out now. After this episode. Question for you that on that. Yep. In the old days of stardom, we had Sneaky Sheaky because it rhymes, and she was kind of sneaky. Do we now have Shocky Saki? Stardom seems to be leading <laughs> the way in the world of wrestling as well. Shortly after this show, WWE finally announced that WrestleMania would be a closed event at the WWE Performance Center down in Florida. We are pretty sure that this had more to do with the city of Tampa putting their foot down. But we're putting our money on Japanese Jack Tunney laying the gauntlet down and leading the way. We can't possibly name off all the independent wrestlers we support on here as it would take up the remainder of this episode. But if there are only a couple things that we can get you to do during this episode, it would be find a way, if possible, to support your local independent wrestler and to hit the like and subscribe on this video. Yeah, whoever your favorite is, don't let us be the judge of that. If you can, buy a t-shirt. If you can't, watch their content, man. Hit that like button, subscribe, give them some views, get them some ad revenue coming in. Do whatever you can. Thunder Rosa is almost at the point where she can actually monetize her channel. She has the subscribers. She just needs the watch hours. Yeah, you should definitely check out Thunder Rosa's stuff. She does a show every Wednesday. Uh, she's got some entertaining stuff on her Twitter as well with the question mark occasionally popping up. You should definitely check out Thunder Rosa. So with all of our nonsensical business out of the way finally, let's get to why we're here today. In the United States right now, the month of March is Women's History Month. So let's celebrate some of the most badass women contributing to the ever-continuing pages of history by time traveling back to November 25th, 2018, and we're at a venue that is completely new to us, Nagoya Diamond Hall in the city of Nagoya, Japan, for another six-match card that kicked off at 1 p.m. The live house saw about 400 people in attendance and one goof of a ref. So we're going with Nagoya, huh? Yes. Okay. Nagoya. Got it. <laughs> I have to be honest here, Matt. I'm enjoying that Stardom has shows in the afternoon like this. This show was on a Sunday, and it's easier for me to dip out of work early rather than show up late the next morning. Fan. I'm a fan. We have two regular single matches, a tag match, a trios match, a three-way tag match, and the main event for the Wonder of Stardom title. Our first match of the night is a singles match with Ruaka. Hopefully, I got that right. <laughs> Ruaka. Yes. Versus Hanan without her sisters as muscle. Matt, what'd these ladies say? Well, we go to the back and we have Ruaka talking first. And she says this is her first singles while in Nagoya. I want it. Corican? Yes. Yeah, I'm getting there. And I will win today. We then uh, shoot over to Hanun who says it's her first singles in a while. And she lost last time, but she's going to win today. Short, simple, to the point. So we get the entrances. And I have to say, this setup is weird, right? Mm -hmm. We have the front row actually at ring level attached to the ring for the hard camera side. Yeah. We also have, as typical... The seconds, that's what they're called. No, 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 they're not seconds, though, because they're just... What do you call them when they're just out there cleaning up and stopping fans from doing stuff? Muscle. Muscle, okay. <laughs> we got Starlight and Tam holding the rings open, dancing and clapping along to Hannon's theme, which was 
interesting to see. It was it, it added for a nice visual. So it's a weird setup, but I kind of dig it. We're about to kick off the match, and we get our usual handshakes. Wait a minute. Who the hell is this ref? I have no clue, man. Like, a Japanese dude with blonde hair, kind of tubby. No beard, though, so not me. And, <laughs> and I'm not Japanese, so it couldn't have been me in the first place. He started bust out in a sweat as the ladies were making their entrances. Yeah, and we also had the, the downside of the show. I'm assuming an old man in the crowd started with his yells at this point. I couldn't figure out what he was saying. Uh, he was cheering for Hanan at this point. He goes all throughout the show, though. Yeah, he cheered for whoever his favorite wrestler was, but he was loud and kind of obnoxious and kind of close to the mic, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting show to hear. Trank Dar. Right? <laughs> I, I will say, to his defense, some of the wrestlers got into it because he did, you know, support them before the match started, and he gave them a little bit of props as they were going. I'm sure he showed up with, like, a bucket of ribbons, too. Right. Which, weirdly, most of the ribbons didn't match this show. Did you notice that? I know. The venue was nice, but something was off the entire show. Yeah, it was a little weird. Collar and elbow lock up with some arm-twisting reversals and a headlock by Hanan to an eventual standoff. These two are clearly getting the flow of wrestling down better as their presentation is getting slicker. I think at this point, Kagetsu is running the behind-the-scenes training, and it clearly shows here. Yeah, it's definitely a good opening match. It's nothing to write home about, but you got two young talent, and they're able to get out there for about seven minutes and just kind of show what they're able to do. We go to trading elbows in the ropes into Hanan trading drop kicks with Raka's single-leg stomp of death. Nice arm drag takedown off the ropes by Hanan to Raka, but she stands her up to do it again and try a pin. Raka kicks out, and Hanan goes for the never-fail armbar number 58. But as she's finally able to get it in, Raka makes it to the ropes, and it gets broken up. Nice little kick into the ropes by Hanan as Raka is trying to hold on to avoid getting pulled away. After working on the arm of Raka, Hanan goes for a drop kick to the elbow. Smart. Okay. If you're working the arm, why wouldn't you drop kick the elbow? I get the point, but it looked weird as I don't think I've ever seen this done before. You're going to get that a lot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Having enough of this, Raka starts using her size advantage to bowl over Hanan. Raka tosses Hanan into the corner and goes to stardom kick her in the face. But Hanan moves out of the way to let Raka show she's more flexible than me and Matt. Clearly. Yeah. Hanan tries to schoolgirl Raka out of the miskick into the corner, but it only gets a two. I only bring this up because this ref sounds like he's trying to mimic race car ref and old ref at the same time. Boo this man! <laughs> Boo! Hanan tries to get Raka up for a suplex, but Raka says no and gets her in a self-rock bottom. Yeah, I think this was um, a flatliner. Canyon used to do it, or Mortis from WCW. Really clean. I'm not usually a fan of people who do a move that hurts themselves as they're doing the move. But she got it in quick and fast and then immediately moved into something else. So it was really well done. And that something else was probably the most complicated schoolgirl attempt I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The pin gets reversed a couple of times. And they finally get up for Hanan to hit another nice arm drag off the ropes to Raka for another arm bar number 28 try. Raka tries to keep her hands locked together. But Hanan finally gets it locked in all the way and gets Raka to tap at 4 minutes and 10 seconds. Only 4 minutes. Yeah, it was good. Uh, quick match. 
they kind of went for their moves throughout the match to try to get it over with as quickly as possible. Well done. Simple yet effective opener. These two have come a long way in the span of a couple of weeks and look to keep improving. Side note, quick congratulations to Hanan for recently graduating high school. Give her a follow on Twitter at stardom underscore Hanan. Congrats. So where did Hanan's sisters go to, Matt? To the next match. That's right. They went to have a match on their own as the twins of Hina and Rina take on Saki and Natsumi for our second match of the night. Rina notes in her promo that this is the first expedition they've taken. I'm guessing this means this is the first time they've actually been on the road with Stardom? Yeah, uh, it's their first expedition and their first time as a pair since they debuted. So Stardom is slowly moving the sisters on up and finding out what they are truly capable of. Yeah. I have noted here that Saki looks like she's really wanting to betray Natsumi in this promo. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> Something tells me. (laughs) Saki and Natsumi go to shake hands with the sisters, but they aren't having it and apparently don't get paid by the hour as they bum rush to start this off quickly. The bell rings and Rina rolls out Natsumi and they double up on Saki in the corner. Saki tries to reverse a whip into the corner, but is double reversed and Rina leads off with the running drop kicks. Natsumi slowly gets up in the corner and Rina notices this as she elbows her out while getting back in line on the Saki assault. Hina takes note and does the same. We finally get one-on-one as Rina goes for the four sides of drop kicks in, onto Saki. Saki shows that they aren't quite badass enough yet to take her down and entertains Rina for a bit. As Saki's starting to get fed up with it, Rina dodges a couple of lariats and gets Saki into the ropes for a drop kick to the stomach. She then tags in Hina as they get in a little tag team offense. Hina goes to scoop slam Saki, but she easily reverses it, which is really impressive because Saki doesn't look to weigh much more than Hina. Yeah, she's clearly taller, but about the same weight. But she picked up Hina like a feather. Yeah. I'm going to go with density here. Physics! Physics! (laughs) Also not math. Stats ain't math. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I'd sneak it in there. (laughs) Saki goes to tag in Natsumi, but Hina grabs her feet to trip her up, and Rina runs over to knock Natsumi out of the corner. Man, these two sisters are working really smooth together. Yeah, it almost comes off heelish, considering they're clearly faces, but it it works to help build the match. And they pulled that off pretty slick, too. Yeah, it shows it as more as a, oh my god, we're fighting somebody big, we really want to win this, we'll do whatever it takes, not heelish. Saki reverses a whip into the ropes from Hina and Rina into a double bulldog in the middle of the ring. She gets up to tag in Natsumi and has a bit of a funny spot where Saki realizes she isn't there. Yeah, (laughs) she even asks where. (laughs) Hina and Rina quickly start putting the clubs to her in the corner. Double leg sweep from the sisters and Saki takes it firmly on the mat. Mm. Yeah, she ate that completely. Then into the double arm bar number 17 until Natsumi finally comes in to break everything up. Saki and Natsumi start getting the upper hand as Natsumi ties Rina up in the El Nudo and then has to come over and show Saki how to do it to Hina. This is my favorite spot of the match. <laughs> like, there was a second there where Saki was like, yeah, I'm going to do Nah, I'm just going to hold her here until Natsumi comes over here and does it for me. It was really well done. Saki and Natsumi go to do the double drop kicks onto the sisters. Saki's kick looked to be very generous, but Natsumi looked like she was burning off some aggression here. <laughs> Natsumi and Rina roll out, and we're back to one-on-one. 
Saki sets up Hina for the top rope stomp, but she quickly gets out of the way and rolls up Saki into a pin? How? I don't know, but they're doing a really good story here because in the intros, Rena said she really, really wanted to pin Saki because Saki had a belt and therefore it would make it, you know, build her status up. Makes sense. So the fact that she specifically is going for Saki throughout this entire match just really helps tell that little bitty story they told in the interview. It only gets a two, and Hina goes for a tag out. Natsumi gets Rena in what looks to be a spine buster? Yes. And just splats her on the mat for Saki to come in for something. But Rena was playing possum. Ha <laughs> ha! And schoolgirls her for a two. As they get up, Rena looks to try and arm drag her into another pin. It gets a one, and she flips over Saki to put an improved pin on. It gets a 2.5 and a nice round of applause. Yeah, the fans are into this. Rena goes to bounce off the ropes, and Saki catches her with a dropkick. As she's trying to pin Rena, Hina slides in from across the ring to break it up. Natsumi rushes in to elbow beat her back into her own corner. Saki hits a scoop slam onto Rena while this is going on and hits her stomp. But somehow, Hina managed to distract slash ignore whatever it was going on by Natsumi to come in and break up the pin. Apparently, Saki has had enough and hits a beautiful stunner onto Rena. And again, Hina breaks it up. Little bit of chaos in the ring with all four ladies until Saki hits her double underhook suplex onto Rena for the three in 445. Yeah, I have this written down as a butterfly bridging suplex. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's what I'm calling it. Beautiful move. However, every time she does it, she smashes her own face with the opponent's body. I know. There's no way to do it without hurting yourself, it seems. So I'm torn. Like, on the one hand, I love it. Keep doing it. On the other hand, quit smashing your own head. Nice pace match that covered the strengths of everyone involved without exposing any weaknesses, even if there were any. Yeah, this sticks to our theory that they used to always stick Saki with new people and kind of use her as a way to test or build up somebody. Yeah, I have here that she continues to be a utility player by making whoever she tags with look better just by having her presence be attached. Yeah. This will kind of be her role over the next year as well. She's really good and can be trusted to elevate and perform on-the-job training with whomever she partners up with. For a while, Matt and I were actually wondering if they would ever pull the trigger on her being a singles wrestler. I was worried that she was so good at making other people great that she would be stereotyped into that role of a tag wrestler in an effort to improve other people, therefore making herself too valuable in that role to be focused on individually. Thankfully, that's not the case here. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I can't see the future. In such a short time... We're seeing improvements all around with young wrestlers just starting out. Just like the older sister in the opener, Hina and Rena have come a long way in just a short span of time. Matter of fact, only in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. We here at FFW call this the stardom effect. If you're out there and you're a lady wrestler and you're looking to get trained, go to stardom. You'll be better by proxy. Our next match is a singles match with Chardonnay versus Utami. We talked about it in our last episode, and this is the last match for Chardonnay and Stardom. And what better way to send her out than put her up against somebody that will beat the shit out of her on the way out? Yeah, we shoot back to an interview with Chardonnay, who says exactly what you just said. It's my last match of the tour. We're equal in size and height. She's a new shining star. So remember, as quick as you get up to the top, you can fall back down. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> Itami says, we're in the same unit, but I want a beater. Again, short, simple, to the point. It's the first time I've heard Chardonnay's theme music, and thankfully it'll be the last, as it's probably the weakest theme here. See, I kind of liked it. You would. I would. <laughs> I, I still like the one-armed gear. It doesn't fit this outfit very well, but I kind of like the gimmick. But I noticed something here, and I have to ask you a question to see if it's something you've noticed. Okay. Chardonnay made it a point to wipe her feet before getting in the ring, yep. which is big in America, and I'm assuming Britain now as well. No, it's been big in England for a long time. Yeah, but I haven't actually seen any of the Japanese wrestlers do it. There are a couple. Are there? Yes. So it's not like a thing over there. Kagetsu does it sometimes. Uh-huh. I know Huzuki did it a couple times. Like, I know Natsu did it in the main event, but she didn't do it before she got in. She put a towel down once she got in and wiped her feet there. Even on the ramp as she's coming out, she still seems to be affected by bad. British ass disease? Exactly. Yeah, she got a bad case of bad. <laughs> it shakes to start off as the bell rings. <laughs> Good wrestling to start off, but the crowd is kind of like I am at this point and are very quiet as they are focused. Except for that one dude who keeps on yelling something. I think he's yelling for Utami at this point, but I could be wrong. But it's so quiet that I can hear Chardonnay and Utami grunt and that dude as well. Yeah. This is an interesting match. I get what they're going for here. They've been building Utami up as this kind of unstoppable wrestler since she's came on. But this is her first massive opponent or someone of her size and kind of power. So it's much slower paced than most stardom matches are. It's kind of weird because of that. Chardonnay jumps over Utami out of the corner and cartwheels to freedom. Kind of. She dodges another charge from Utami and puts the double knees to her in the corner. Chardonnay ducks a forearm and hits the self-rock bottom for a two-count. They get it twice in one night. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, something I'll probably never say again, Rocket did it better. <laughs> JJ must have slipped a note to Utami prior to the match and said, Be easy on Chardonnay. Normally, she's beating the shit out of someone by this point. Like I said, I, I think this is more about showing Chardonnay's power so that if Utami overcomes, she looks stronger because of it. Also, I know Chardonnay is happy to be there, but her constant smiling during the matches doesn't sit too well with me. Yeah, I've always had a problem with smiley wrestlers. It only works if you have a crazy gimmick. So, Foley... In his later years, yeah. yeah he had the whole, when he had the Mankind and liked the pain, it worked that he would smile. Um, the Fiend has that smiley kind of like the pain gimmick. Okay. And I'm sure there's one we're missing. That guy. That guy. <laughs> Chardonnay puts the boots to the back of Utami, and Utami is selling like a million bucks for him. A couple of nice European uppercuts from Chardonnay, or I guess just regular uppercuts for <laughs> God damn it, I see what you did there. It's not often that he gets me. <laughs> he got me. This match is a tad bit slow, and I'm not blaming Utami by any means, but I did notice the camera guy in the corner of Chardonnay was putting the boots to Utami. It's an old school 3D type shirt with the red and blue. I checked this out with some old 3D glasses, and it is! <laughs> what did it do? It made it look 3D. <laughs> That's dumb. Chardonnay puts on a weird metric standard torque wrench. Not as good as the Imperial standard torque wrench, but appears to be slightly aggravating. A bit. 
boy, they are trying to make Chardonnay look good on the way out. Are they planning on bringing her back in the future? If so, I have some bad news for you. I don't remember seeing her again. Good luck finding her. <laughs> I'm not trying to beat up on her. As I'm told, she's a very nice and lovely person. I have this on very good authority, actually. Mm. But this match seems to be a bit outside of Utami's norm. And we've only seen Chardonnay in tag matches up until this point. This may be why. No, but that's what I was, again, I think that was the whole point, was to show Utami in, in something that you haven't seen her with before. I would just agree that with Chardonnay's skill level, she might not have been the right choice to show it. At least it's not Gonzalez. Ugh, it's coming. <laughs> nice double underhook hammer throw from Chardonnay to Utami that gets a two. Utami goes up top, but Chardonnay tries to get her down. Utami turns it into a lifting choke from the top. Utami finally gets all the way up top and hits a nice flying dropkick. She quickly gets up and hits a slow German suplex onto Chardonnay for the three in 514. I have a question for you here as well. Mm -hmm. The sleeper hold on the top rope. Okay. If Chardonnay taps before the referee hits five, is that a tap out? Is that a submission victory? Huh. No, because it's in the ropes, and usually submissions are broken up in the ropes. I understand that, but in this case, the receive E is not in the ropes. The applier is in the ropes. I always wondered this with um, Tajiri and the, and the tarantula he would do in, in the ropes. Right. But yeah, so I always wondered, like, if you can get him to tap in that five seconds, do you still get a victory, or is it just, no, this is just a move you're doing to wear somebody down? So when Flair puts on the figure four and holds on to the rope for leverage, uh -huh. little Nate will come over and stop the submission check and try to get Flair off the ropes. Right. But that's what I'm saying, though. Even then, if he's counting the four before Flair gets disqualified, or five before He's Flair not gets... focused on the... But if the guy's, like, obviously tapping, it's never happened no. that I can think of. Start him. Get on this. Would it actually be a win? We would... How do we get a hold of old ref? To the audience, by the way, if y'all know, if y'all have seen this happen before, to where the ref obviously is trying to break up something, shoot us a clip of this. This is a serious question. Let me know. I hate to say it, but this is the weakest match we've seen to this point in stardom. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Well, Chardonnay is gone. And moving on, we have a three-lady tag match with the team of B, Konami, and Azumi of Queen's Quest against Mayu, Tam, and Starlight Kid of Stars. Konami mentions that B and Chardonnay are leaving after today's match, but we know that B will be back. Yeah, she says, let's end this on a high note, and then Momo can win the main event. Next, we shoot over to Mayu, Tam, and Starlight, with Starlight saying, today's Stars team is a rare combo. The other ladies agree. She says, I have to fight Azumi. Haven't in a while. Want to beat her. Tam goes, hey, man. Didn't you defend and hold and maintain that future stardom championship recently? Starlight's like, I sure did. So Tam says, let's use that momentum and show that stars are the future of stars. What do you think, Mayu? Mayu is awkward. <laughs> but at this point. Par for the course. <laughs> at this point, we get our new, what do animals say in foreign languages? Okay, go on. Mayu goes, Yuki! And they all chant, Yuki, Yuki, Yuki. At this point, there's a helpful little subtitle at the top that says, Yuki, a sound a monkey makes. 
also means yay. <laughs> Thank you, helpful subtitle guy. Did not know that. Japanese monkeys apparently say Yuki. Damn you, Japanese monkeys. <laughs> Go hang out with your Japanese pigs. Say your weird stuff. Clock. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna make me fight a duck. <laughs> huh. My use had that inside arm tattoo for a while, it seems. Yeah, it was clearly visible here. I only noticed it as of late 2019. Yeah. Usually she does a good job of keeping it hidden, but they're... There's nothing hiding it this way time around. We kick off with Kid Nozumi. The bar has been set high for this match. Yeah, we get some great crowd work from both before they actually settle into it. This actually seems to be a crowd more on Azumi's side than Starlight, which is a little weird. It's almost like Bizarro Canada land over here. Holy shit, they are going 90 miles an hour in their opening sequence. They tag out to give us Mayu and Konami as they go 90 miles an hour to a standoff. Yeah, my note for the first two, these girls are good. My note for the second two, these girls are great. What was your note for the next two? A zoomy spot. You skipped over the next two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, B and Tam are good, but it's just those... First four ladies set such a high pace and high expectation that anything they would have done would have would have would have fallen short. B and Tam do put on a good display of brute force. B does a beautiful slip out of a pin from Tam, leading into a nice drop kick. She runs over and knocks down Mayu a kid for QQ to come in and beat the shit out of Tam. Yeah, I, I like this. They're setting up a recurring theme during this match. I don't think replacement ref was ready for this match as we're only three minutes in, and he looks gassed. Uh, he's very red. Somebody call a doctor for this guy. He looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Yeah. B hits a nasty arm stomp onto Tam. I love that spot. It never gets old. I thought I would stop writing about it, but that's actually what my note said. Arm spot, not AZM spot. <laughs> <laughs> she then runs over to knock Kid down, and Mayu slips back in to the entrance way to avoid the same fate. Yeah, I love this spot, what man. The shit? Like she cleared she clearly decks Starlight and then turns toward Mayu and Mayu hightails it. Azumi gets tagged in and does the same and Mayu flees her too, leaving Peachan unattended. <laughs> I got right here. Azumi picks up Peachan from the corner on her way back to taunt Tam in the ring. Yeah, Mayu and Starlight, you're such bad friends. And they were with Azumi at the beginning, but as soon as this happened, they turned oh, on her. Oh, they turned. Tam frantically tries to get Peachan back as Kiku starts playing keep away with her. Until Azumi gets it and just overhands it into the crowd. It comes back into the ring. What a nice crowd. Nice crowd. And Azumi starts stomping it in the ring. Damn you... I really like this spot. For one, it's kind of mean. Good hill work. Two, they didn't use it like an American audience would and like use it as a Hulk up spot for Tam. She loses her friend, and then they immediately keep kicking her ass. I have something I just thought about. What's this? I know what Japanese pandas sound like. Oh, God. That's true. 
I love you, Tam. But damn you, Tam. <laughs> also, hashtag bring back Tam Cam 2020. Azumi starts hitting Tam with it, and replacement ref is just confused. It's not a weapon. Konami gets tagged in and whips Tam into the QQ corner for the taunting foot spot. After which, Konami hits a stiff kick and gets Tam into the double arm pull. Tam finally makes it to the ropes and it gets broken up. Nice double knee stomp to the back off the ropes to Tam's back from Konami. Tam tries to fight back, but Konami just elbows the business to Tam until Tam is able to hit a nice side suplex and only gets a two. Yeah, this just looks like a Tam is given a class on how to sell at this point. Tam is finally able to tag Mayu in, who hits an awesome lifting suplex. Konami and Mayu start trading blows until Konami whips Mayu into the corner. Mayu dodges a charge from Konami and goes to roll her up into the schoolgirl. But Konami rolls a bit too much and Mayu just hits her in the face with her foot. Yep. Eat shit. If she wasn't so willing to kill herself, I'd think she wanted to kill the other wrestlers. <laughs> Mayu tries to go for a belly-to-back suplex, but Konami turns it into an armbar number 34 and both teams fill the ring instantly. They're not in there long, and Mayu and Konami go back to it. Konami hits a belly-to-back suplex and barrel rolls to tag in B. B starts elbowing Mayu until she tries to kick her way to freedom. But B catches her leg and picks her up into a backpack and does a jumping jawjacker. Yeah, the backpack stunner. I usually hate this move because it takes so long to set up and it's just kind of ridiculous. But they did it fluidly from the kick into the backpack into the stunner. No time wasted. Beautiful move. Mayu narrowly dodges the kick of death from B and rolls her up in a schoolgirl 4-2. Mayu takes the mother of all bumps on the back of the head as B kicked out. Mayu. Mayu even sells for a kick out. Like, what are you doing, man? But she gets up and just kicks B in the face. Mayu goes to run the ropes to do something, and B is up and stops her dead in her tracks with a stiff-ass elbow. Yeah. As Mayu is dead to the world, B is stumbling around. They both are up and go for a kick to the head, and they get their legs tangled up with each other. Yeah, I've never seen that spot before. It looked really cool. I don't know that it's physically possible, but it looked really cool. After breaking it up and exchange near-miss kicks, B hits a knee to Mayu's head, that didn't have the full effect she intended. Nah, it's the only downside in this match. You could tell that Mayu might not have had the right maneuver plan there and kind of ate a slow knee to the face that B sold. No bother. Mayu lays B out with a proper one. Yes, thank you for selling for that non-kick. Here's a real one for your troubles. They both struggle to get the tag out, and we get Azumi and Kid back in for round two. And they start exchanging elbows at their usual speed of 90 miles an hour. Yeah, these girls don't know how to be slow at all. And then into the opposite corners. Azumi chases Kid, but Kid flips Azumi out onto the apron over the top rope. Instead of trying to fly over, Azumi slides under the rope and Kid on the inside to roll her up into a schoolgirl. I know it gets a two, but what I would have been... Perfectly fine with the ending here because that was slick as shit. Yeah, that would have been a good ending for this match. Azumi and Kid start exchanging different ways to pin each other, and not a single one of them were the same or messed up. Yeah, no, it was, it's wrestling, man, wrestling. 
Kid starts to run the ropes, and Konami is quick to come in and stop Kid. Azumi capitalizes and snaps suplexes her over. As Kid sits up, Konami is there to kick her down, and Azumi quickly comes in for that damn coup. Cut that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice cutter sweeper, I guess. That's what it's called. I, I'm calling it the swinging perfect plex. To Azumi that only gets a two. And Kid is going for the single leg underhook suplex. The rest of QQ come back in to break it up and clean house. B and Konami whip Kid into the ropes, but Kid ducks the knockdown attempt, and Tam and Mayu are there for the stereo super kicks. Kid is able to hit her suplex, but damn if Azumi isn't getting in on that kick out at two and 99 100s thing. Yeah, it's this time I've noticed that Starlet has some really cool pin moves, but all of them leave half the body open, so it's easy to kick out of them. So you get a cool looking move, but 99 times out of 100, someone's easily going to kick out. This time, Mayu and Tam come in to give a little bit of business to Azumi as they do a teamed-up DDT into a springboard. I'll definitely be highlighting this one in the video as I've never seen this before. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to explain it. Just watch this clip. Azumi has laid out prime for Kid to go up top and Hold get on. her... Hold on, I got this. What? Spinning frog splash. Thank you. We did it first time every time. First time. But Konami is able to get the breakup. Little bit of house cleaning by the stars as we get Tam going up top for our jump outside, usually done by Mayu. B gets out of the way, and Tam lands squarely on Mayu. Now we know why Mayu didn't make the jump. There it is. <laughs> QQ have Kid in the ring, and they hit the surround sound drop kicks. B and Konami dump out quickly, and Azumi is up top for the jumping stomp. Somehow, Kid kicks out at two. Azumi sets up Kid as she goes for the Whirlybird armbar number seven. And it gets turned into a horrible look at arm puller behind Kid's back. My goodness. And we get a verbal submission at 13-16 as Azumi was sitting on Kid's other arm and couldn't tap. Yes. It looked good. However, I would say a little bit anticlimactic for a finish to this match. However, favorite match of the night so far. Oh, absolutely. Stars immediately get in to check on Kid. Good. It looked like Kid dislocated her shoulder. She didn't, but damn if I'd allowed that to happen to me. Yeah, I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but the way her free arm actually got trapped under her body actually appeared more painful than the armbar. I'm going to be honest here. I'm not going to kid anybody. They can get away with it because it happened so fast I wouldn't even notice until they start dangling the arm in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> this is our first barn burner tonight. Well-paced match, giving us completely different matchups through the match itself. Even though Kid and Azumi are technically still on the rise, all six of these ladies appear to be on the same level of performance and wrestling quality. Each of them look like they could main event their own show. Yeah. It's a three-way tag battle putting the teams of Jan, Oyotai, and Hana and Mary against each other. Bit of a weird thing here as Jan is still having the tag belts in the match promo picture. I did a bit of research on this, Matt. Tell me about this research. And found out that this show was announced prior to the 23rd November show, and Stardom didn't want to reveal the title loss. Smart. This is a method Stardom seems to have adopted and is very good at not to give away stuff before it happens. Another killer promo from Hazuki and Kagetsu. Yeah, they say it's their last time here this year, and we have to win because of that. True. 
reasons. True. Yep. And then on top of that, we got to bring momentum into the main event. I don't like this. They're acknowledging that there are other matches going on, and that as a team, they need to build that momentum to help Natsu in the main event. I'm a fan. We then get Spanish. Hold on. Matt and I have said before that Mary talks so damn fast, it's hard for us to figure out what she's saying. The same must be true for stardom, as they never subtitle what she's saying. However, since I'm back at the actual FFW recording studios, we have someone here who can actually translate what she's saying. Please do. I had the wife listen to this. Wife, get in here. What has been? Hello, the wife. This is the exact translation. Are you ready? Normally, Hana and Mary tag team together. In this next matchup, our team will win. Eggs. Eggs. Exactly. Thank you, wife. Thank you, the wife. This was followed by the wife looking at me and asking, The fuck? Huevos? Why are they saying huevos? Yes, wife, we agree with you. Why are they saying eggs? Another thing from last episode, Natsuko told Jungle that she was done partnering up with her. Jungle seems to be in better spirits, but Natsuko isn't doing so hot. Yeah, Natsuko looks sad. So then we shoot over to the jungle area where we have a hyped up jungle saying, This is my hometown, so we have to win. We might have lost the belt two days ago, but we're in good moods today. Except that Natsuko clearly does not look to be in a good mood. Not at all. Jungle does the fist pump. Jungle, jungle! And Natsuko kind of just... I know you can't see this, but this is me. (laughs) Eh, As I raise my arms. Eh. Eh. Yeah, they're kind of building off of whatever's going on with Natsuko. Uh, Stay tuned. Kengetsu brings that belt out. And we get our two-lady Odiota dance. I've decided now. If I actually had a time machine and could only do one thing, I would go back in time and convince the four horsemen to do a dance when they came out. It just adds to the show. I will never, ever be able to video edit that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you'll never, ever be able to sleep again without picturing Ric Flair doing the Odeotai dance. I can see him doing that at home. The Woodyotai dance? Boo. (laughs) I sure would like to buy some of that merch from Stardom, Matt. Me too. Stardom is doing a good job on bringing their store back online, but it appears to be only open for people to register that have Japanese phone numbers. We here at FFW are proud to say that we have our finest rednecks on the case to crack this nut. I said finest redneck, not smartest redneck. And while we may not be able to get Stardom merch over here in the Republic just yet, you, the listener, can get some awesome merch right now and it'll deliver worldwide. Tell me more. Hi, how you doing? Wait, oh, you mean to the audience? Well, I mean, 
first of all, I would like everyone in the audience to take care of themselves, because I, I also worry about your meats. So, if your meats are naked, I do have shirts on What a Maneuver available if you search for Chris Wolf. I have a limited Patreon. I really, you know what? I'm, oh, hi, child! Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> so for all you naked meats out there, I have some shirts on what a maneuver. If you are in need of, I don't know, Jesus? I guess I don't have anything there for you, but I have a limited Patreon, which I am still sharing my daily life in. Just kidding, I live in Norway. Uh, you can come follow along that way. Otherwise, I would highly recommend supporting Solo Darling, Thunder Rosa, uh, Holodead. They're all really good people. And yeah. And also take care of yourself. That's, that's all. Thanks for calling. Head on over to and pick yourself out a t-shirt from our favorite wolf. Don't forget to follow Chris on all the usual social media platforms at Wolf in Japan and check her out on the Patreon. Yeah, definitely give this woman all your monies that you can spare. We love you, Chris! Do it. Do it now. She will eat you. And kids. She likes fresh young meat. That sounds weird saying that. <laughs> but she said it first, so it's okay, right? Oh, it's being spliced in now. There we go. Thank you for the save. <laughs> Hi. My name is Chris Wolf. Today, I'm fighting a child because I like delicious meat. Are you delicious meat? Do you want to fight me? Please call me. Bye! As Jen makes their entrance, Kegetsu and Hazuki are sure to rub it in that they're having problems. I didn't think I could love Kegetsu and Hazuki more, but when they started dancing and taunting them, just... My heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> it's slicing the Grinch. They get it, man. I love it. And I have to point out at this point, too, this is your world champion. She's in a match, not main event, having fun, that has nothing to do with her feud. Not everything has to be serious just because you're world champion. I dig this. Oh, thank God. Replacement ref is either dead or... Missing, kidnapped, or something. But he's gone. Taking a breath. <laughs> something like that. We're about to start off as Suzuki walks towards Natsuko to blow her off to talk to some shit to Mary. Natsuko has taken offense to this and starts taking it to Hazuki to get us underway with them and Mary starting this three-way tag match dance-off. Future Me says there's a reason that Hazuki is taunting Mary, but past me has no clue what's going on, but I'm intrigued. Mary is content to let them blow off some steam and steps out to let them handle some business. As you should. Natsuko runs the ropes, but Kegetsu is there to grab and hold on to her for Hazuki to get the upper hand. But Jungle is ready on the other side to grab her. Natsuko breaks away and smashes Hazuki into Jungle, and you can tell that there is no love lost between these two. Right, but the weird part is I think Jungle took the worst bump out of everybody. Back at it in the middle, and Kagetsu is able to grab and pull Natsuko out of the ring. 
is they go to fly outside. Hannah and Mary are there to pull them outside. By the hair! Yeah, not gentle at all. Jesus did a crystal. Yes, what he said. Old Ref just waves it off to go check on Jungle and Natsuko. Pick your battles. <laughs> Bit of brawling on the outside with everyone getting a chance to see something as all the teams are spread out across the ring. We have a spotlight this time, and it appears that the operator is declaring Hana and Kegetsu as the main focus. Wait, we now have other spotlights to highlight the other ones, too. Hana manages to get in a nice chair shot to the back of Natsuko as she makes her way back inside. Mary is pulling Hazuki off the ropes and sets her up for a leapfrog attack by Hana. Still wouldn't take this along with a litany of other moves from the stardom ladies. No moves. This may be in the top five of things I wouldn't take, though. Yeah, oh, definitely not. Killer kick from Mary as they set up Hazuki for a rope taunting spot. As Kagetsu is coming in for the save, Hana and Mary are able to get in the double bow and arrows to another rifle round of applause. It still looks good. Hazuki is able to reverse a toss to the ropes and is able to turn it into a double code breaker. Jungle then comes screaming in and goes corner to corner on Mary and Hana. Textbook scoop slam and splash from Jungle to Hana in the middle of the ring. And as Kigetsu is coming in to help Hazuki work over Jungle with those stereo kicks and moonsaults, we cut to Natsuko just taking an extended breather outside. Something's building. Hazuki manages to nearly kick the Jungle out of Jungle, and Kigetsu comes in to do the same and finish her off. Jungle is all on her own at this point as she tries to mount a good offense to counter Kigetsu. But for everything Jungle has, Kigetsu has the same until Hana hits her in the back off the ropes. This allows Jungle to get in a small breather while Hana puts the tiny boots to Kigetsu. Jungle, not content on taking a moment to catch her breath, comes in after Hana. Hana is ready to suplex Jungle and Kigetsu comes in for some support. But Jungle is able to double suplex them both which is always an impressive feat. Jungle's got to be the strongest girl in stardom, right? Dare you to call her a girl to her face. <laughs> She's got to be the strongest lady <laughs> in stardom, right? Like She's got like Cesaro strength. She's got an ungodly amount of strength on her. Yeah. Kagetsu bails out and it's Jungle and Hana in the ring until Natsuko finally returns to give a spear to Hana followed by a lariat from Jungle. Mary is able to come in and break it up. Natsuko takes care and occupies Mary as Jungle goes up top for the splash, right before Hazuki breaks the sound barrier to break it up. You can hear Old Ref pound the shit out of the ring for the pin attempt, and I think he actually broke the ring. <laughs> Natsuko tries to come in and handle Hazuki as well, but Kagetsu joins in and they set up Hazuki to do the dive bomb off the top. It gets a two as Old Ref continues to beat the shit out of the ring, and Jungle gets in for the save. Bit of back and forth from Jungle and Kegetsu until Hana comes off the top for a double dropkick. Mary double lariats them both into the ropes, and they roll outside. This lets Mary set up for the jumping barrel roll off the apron to the outside. Oh, fuck no. Nope. Inside the ring, and Natsuko is going for the Tilt-A-World murder splash. But Hazuki acrobatically turns it into an attempted armbar pin. Natsuko uses her size to not let this happen and nearly gets the three on Hazuki. Little bit of 
Greco-Roman reversals, and somehow Natsuko is able to get the three in 10.05. Yeah, this was a decent match. Um, I think I could have done without Mary and Hana because it didn't really do much. Because there definitely seems to be the whole frustrations between Odiotai and Jungle. And Mary and Hana were just kind of there to attempt to pick up pieces. But really good match. Followed by a schmoz. Hazuki isn't happy at all and goes after Old Ref. And then on to Natsuko with Jungle trying to break it up. You can see Kegenzo getting some stiff love taps on Mary as well. <laughs> well did, did you see the love taps she put on Old Ref? I know, leave this man alone. I've never seen a rep just get held down and punched before. I didn't 100% understand the schmoz, though. Like, Natsuko just kind of took it for a long time before finally firing up a little bit as Jungle tried to stop it from happening. Then you get a little bit more of the what's going on with Natsuko because Jungle goes to help her up after it's all over, and Natsuko just shrugs her off and bows to the crowd real quick and heads off on her own. I will say that there was a lot of story that was pushed during this match, yeah. but none of it felt forced. No, and that and that's why I think, like I said, I, I think the addition of Mary and Hana didn't really add to it because they were clearly just trying to focus on this Natsuko story, and you didn't need all three teams there. But hey, man, I'm always good. Give them a payday. In a callback to the November 10th show and our episode four, which is by far the most popular so far. Thank you, guys. We get to see Natsu follow through on calling out the Wonder of Stardom champion, Momo. Matt, we're only six episodes into our reviews, and we've already seen storylines pay off and have some continuity. How awesome is that? That's great. And six episodes may not seem like a lot, but that's still a long story. Compared to, I'm going to do this, next week it's done, what do we do from now? Matt, fill us in on why Natsu is claiming this match is for the belt Anazumi. Well, at this point, Odiotai has been trying to wean over, not wean, woo over? Kidnap? Kidnap? Take. They want Azumi in Odiotai. They've gone so far as to steal the flag, to steal the mask, and I'm assuming that's Eo's mask that was probably left to QQ. I think so. Yeah, so they've stolen all this stuff to set up this match and make it happen. So we have a match for not only the belt but for Azumi, and for the flag, and for the mask. And we get this little bit of information in the interview as Natsu says, I'm going to win the belt, and Azumi. I have never heard of a person being on the line in a match before, except for Judy Bagwell. Oh, I was just about to say. <laughs> so I'm a little intrigued, even though I've been following along. It's an interesting stipulation. She says, if they win, they get the mask and flag. I'm not a punctual person, and here we get another helpful tip from helpful subtitle guy who says, Natsumi was late to the arena today. Thank you, helpful subtitle guy. Way to dime someone out, too. Right. <laughs> but I keep my promises. We then shoot over to Momo who says, there are many things I'd like to say about Natsu, but with AZM, the mask, and the flag on the line, she's annoying, and I want to beat her and be finished with her. We said in our last episode that we were looking forward to seeing Martina come back. But it's good to see Natsu in a singles match as she's truly talented enough. Yeah, I think most people that just watch Stardom from time to time will assume she's a comedy character. Because there is a lot of comedy to her character. But I think she's probably one of the more underrated, solid 
technicians, carpenters as you like to call them, that they have out there. Oddly, as she's making her entrance, the camera goes black for a second. Was this part of Momo's entrance, baby? I didn't catch that. I'll, I'll splice this in. Okay. It's just weird the way yeah. it, where it was placed. Out comes the Wonder of Stardom champion and half of the Goddess of Stardom champion as well, Momo. And for someone so young, it appears that this main event isn't phasing her in the slightest. Now, I, I have my favorites in Stardom, and Momo's definitely in the top three. And I think she's also probably one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. I'm a huge fan of this woman. The crowd gets a slight chuckle out of Natsu, bowing to the stolen mask and flag as everyone comes to the center of ring for JJ to present the belt. And then, the best thing that has ever happened in wrestling. Natsu tells Momo to bring Azumi in the ring as she's a part of the bounty. And then Natsu tells Azumi to get her ass on the ramp and sit in a chair. Odiotai starts strapping her down in what appears to be a real hostage situation as, yes... She really is a part of the stipulation in this match. It's so great. <laughs> they force her to get in the ring and be shown off with the belt by Japanese Jack Tunney. And then QQ uses uses it to their advantage as well and force them to put the mask and the flag over there as well. It's just great. And then as they tie her to the chair, they force her to also hold on to the flag and the mask. They're building it up. We get a hesitant Momo for the handshake, and we're off as Old Ref waves his magic hands. Yeah, it was actually weirdly surprising to see Natsu do a legit handshake. It was. Yeah, I, even the face twin girls Pearl harbored somebody earlier. Why, why is the heel doing a regular handshake? It was weird. Strong collar and elbow lock up to start off as these two look to be putting everything in early on. Before we get too far, I have a question. Okay. Burning question that I must know. Okay. A belt, which is on the line, cannot be changed hands by disqualification. Unless it's one of those matches, yeah. It's not one of those matches. Got it. Can a person? Huh. Comment below. <laughs> if she gets disqualified, does Momo keep the belt, but they get Azumi? I, I, I wanted to know this the whole match, and I wouldn't put it above Odiotai to just toss her out and get her counted out so that... They win Azumi. Natsu gets Momo in the ropes, and Old Ref gets a clean break from Natsu to a round of applause. This is a bizarro crowd, isn't it? it they are 100% behind Natsu for some reason. I don't know if they just want her, they want Azumi to go to Odiotai or what. A couple of waist lock reversals as Momo pulls Natsu's leg from between hers to get her down on the mat, and Natsu rolls it over to put some pressure on Momo, what the shit are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't think I was allowed to do it again. Nothing. Momo transitions it to a headlock, but Natsu slips out, and they both reverse until Momo slips a headlock and kicks Natsu in the back. Momo misses the soccer kick to Natsu's head, and Natsu rolls her in a quick schoolgirl. She gets up and runs the ropes, but Momo puts her back on the mat with a strong crossbody kick. A few frustrated kicks from Momo to Natsu until she gets Natsu in the corner with the foot to the throat. Momo snapmares her out into the center of the ring and gives her the business end of the foot. Strong opening from Momo as she muscles Natsu up for a nice body slam, followed by a couple of more taunting kicks with one going stiff to the face. Yeah. And you can see Natsu give her the eye for that one too. 
like any sensible person would, Momo does it again. <laughs> I, I love the the 1980s style booking of this match so far. The face, quote unquote, is clearly a better wrestler than the heel. Clearly can do whatever she wants with her, as a face should be able to do. Natsu tries to mount an offense, but Momo puts her ass back on the mat and gives her some more business. As she tries to run the ropes, Kagetsu is there to trip up Momo, and Natsu sees her opening as she kicks her to the outside. Exactly what I'm talking about. The face is obviously a better wrestler, so what does the hill have to do? Cheat! So as they go outside, you can clearly see Hanan and Kagetsu start to clear the left side of the ring for incoming chaos. But as they head over to clear the way, Natsu, having Momo in tow, says, fuck all that, and just goes the other way where no one is. (laughs) No, did you notice? They had taken out QQ beforehand so that they could set up this spot, but QQ started recuperating on the other side, so she threw Momo back into the recuperating QQ. Oh, okay. He'll work, man. Kagetsu was quick as shit to come back over, though. She was on Mm -hmm. it. Nice belly-to-belly suplex from Natsu to Momo on the outside. And then another nice one to Konami as she tried to help out. Mm -hmm. She then suplexes Utami onto the top of them as Odeotai just began to feed her QQ members to start stacking up. It was great. (laughs) Great spot. (laughs) Loved it. Back inside the ring as Natsu clearly has the upper hand now and locks in what we're calling the full-leg Nelson. Yep. Momo isn't submitting from it. So Natsu rolls it over and tries to get a pin from it. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. When your top comedy character can wrestle this well, come on, man. I have to say, Natsu is quite the technical wrestler. This is the kind of stuff that would make Bret Hart blush here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he wouldn't watch Stardom, though. He's very, he's afraid of kicks. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. <laughs> Fuck. Don't, don't, don't hit me, Bret. <laughs> Natsu takes her time with Momo until she decides to run the ropes, and Momo was ready for her with a nice dropkick. She tries to pin Natsu, and Natsu, being ahead of her time, starts choking the shit out of Momo to break up the pin. Fuck you. You can even hear Momo get caught in the choke. Masterful here. Yeah, I've never seen somebody choke somebody from out of a pin. I've seen Taker turn it into a choke slam before, but never a just straight up, no, fuck your breathing. Old Ref tries to break up the choke, and when he does, Natsu occupies him long enough for Odeotai to come in to get a few digs in on Momo. Well, well done. Well done. She also taunted QQ up on the ring to keep the ref distracted even longer. Great work. Natsu capitalizes by doing her Bronco Buster and then suplexing Momo to the middle of the ring, but only getting a two from it. Natsu tries to go for a splash from the top, but Momo gets out of the way. They larry each other down, and Natsu is up first, whipping Momo into the corner, only for her to get a drop kick out of it. A snap suplex from Momo to Natsu sees us only get a two. Momo goes for the Peach Sunrise, but Natsu rolls out of it. Momo then hits a pair of running knees, which always look amazing. Momo then does it again from the second rope as Natsu slowly gets up. It gets a two, but is followed by a nice round of applause. As Momo is going up again, Kagetsu rushes over to miss her. Odiotai run interference again as Natsu is choking the shit out of Momo in the corner. Old Ref finally catches her and gets the whip out of there after breaking it up. This was the weirdest misting I think I've ever seen, though. 
it looked like she barely got her with it, but when they pulled her down and tossed her in the corner, she was drenched. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, it was weird. Bit of a weird exchange, as I think Momo was going for a code breaker, but drops down on her back to the mat. I wouldn't even call this a botch, as the ladies kept going like nothing happened, and even this sequence was nearly flawless, since they got up quickly to exchange kicks and blocks. Yeah, I think there was a couple times in this match where moves appeared to be botches, but it was actually the way they were performing the moves. It was done that way on purpose. A stiff kick to Momo's head from Natsu sees Momo stumble down to her knee on the mat. Right after that, Natsu picks up Momo for what looks like to be a suplex, but is actually a modified DDT that looked cool as hell. Yeah, I love that DDT. I, I would call it maybe the package DDT. Natsu is back on her feet again and kicking some sense into Momo, followed by the Shining Wizard. Natsu goes for that modified DDT again, but Momo counters and lays in a choke. Kigetsu tries to help out, but QQ is outside and dragging Kigetsu down. During this, it was at this point that I noticed that Azumi has actually been taped down in that chair the entire time. Oh yeah, yeah. they had bright green taper on there. Stardom is clearly dedicated to keeping this story legitimate, to the point to where somebody might be cheeky enough to call child services. <laughs> might need to. I also really like at this point to where if you notice, QQ is not only holding Kigetsu back from stopping the choke, but forcing her to watch as her teammate gets choked in the middle of the ring. Taunting her, letting her know there's nothing she can do about it. It's a really good spot. The camera is firmly fixed on the choke going on in the ring, but you can hear the audience get into that and the madness outside the ring too. They finally cut to a wide shot, and you can see Kagetsu still trying to get in and help Natsu. Yeah, it's great. And I don't know if Natsu is just selling this really well, or if it's a little bit of a receipt from when she choked Momo earlier, but this spot looks really clean. This choke was laid in thick. Yeah, it was. But Natsu was finally able to make the ropes. Both ladies are up, and Momo hits a nice kick to Natsu's head. As Momo starts to run the ropes, Natsu is up to chase her and wraps her up in the schoolgirl. But Momo is able to kick out at 2 and 99 100s, and the crowd bit into this one too, being the finish. Yeah, they were way into this. Natsu is up first, and Momo does the exact same thing to Natsu with the exact same 2 and 99 100s and the same crowd reaction. Momo sets up in the corner to go after Natsu, but Natsu is up when Momo is charging her and straight lays her out with a big boot to the head. Both of these ladies are nearly spent and Kagetsu manages to finally get on the apron to hand Natsu the whip. But when Natsu is about to go after Momo with it, all of QQ, except Azumi, who is otherwise occupied, charge her. <laughs> Can't DQ if you're tied to a chair. Natsu wearily walks towards a prone Momo, and Momo gets up to hit a series of full Nelson suplex, with the second one getting the three in 1747. Both units are in quickly to check on their teammates as Utami goes to untie Azumi from the chair and Japanese Jack Tony comes in with the white belt and trophy and they have their mask and flag back for a second. <laughs> for a second. Natsu is immediately up with a mic telling everybody, cut the music, cut the music, give me that. They force the flag and the mask back over to Odiotai's hands and then she goes on to say, I'm not punctual. Again, helpful subtitle guy. She was late to the arena today. And then she actually even says, I was late today, but I keep my promises. Today, the belt was on the line. Azumi was on the line. The mask was on the line. 
The flag was on the line. My room was on the line. My shirt was on the line. I was on the line. Hold on now. (laughs) Yeah, she's poking a little bit of fun at it as well. It's nice. It's a nice little buildup. And I'll say it again. I keep my promises. But what did you do to this match, Momo? Today, all these QQ people interfered. All these fans saw it. At this point, the QQ people were like, what? What? You guys did this. All these fans saw it. Do you know the rules of a singles match? It's one-on-one. Excellent hill work here. Loving it. You broke the rules today. The fans know it. You broke the promise of the... And I'm gonna... I assume this is where King of Puro got the name. You broke the rules of the pure... The promise of the pure... Puro Russo world. I Please give us some translation down at the bottom. Because I know he's... please God help us. I know he's not going to cut this until I get it right. Um, looked it up. It's Japanese slang shorthand for professional wrestling. It's what they called the wrestling world over there. I keep my promises, but you don't. So I won't be returning the mask or the flag. And then they try to kidnap us. <laughs> this is a very Matt promo. Love it. Love everything about it. <laughs> I Like I said, I didn't think I could love, love Odeo Time more than I already did. By the way, if you know where I can get one of them white hoodies, hit me up in the bottom. I want one. Or the uh, Kagetsu Hazuki tag team shirt. Let, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not, don't give them to us. We won't buy them, but let us know where they're at or give them to us. But, anyways, uh, yeah, they <laughs> immediately schmoz a bit, grab Azumi and hightail it out of there until Azumi breaks free and starts fighting them off. We then go back to the ring where Momo now has a mic and says, What's going on? Good question, Momo. <laughs> you broke the rules first, then you try to take Azumi. Make sure that she's real good here to make sure to talk about them breaking the rules first before the kidnapping. <laughs> Thank goodness we got her back. Then we get a loud, booming voice from the back calling out Momo as Natsuko enters, continuing on with her new storyline. She challenges Momo to be the next contender for the white belt. She doesn't want a ridiculous match like this one with so much stuff on the line. She just wants an actual match. And she'll show that she's not a weak contender. Momo answers with, eh, why not? It'll be better than fighting Natsu again. (sighs) (laughs) I'll accept your challenge. But I already beat you for the tag belts, so this will probably be no different. She then calls her short and dumpy. That's a callback. Yeah. And says she'll smash her belly. I don't know how I feel about this part of the promo. But well done. Well done. Who knew Momo could talk so much trash? Right? And it's, so well. It's like fifth grade trash talk, though. You short and dumpy. Get over here. I'll smash your belly. I need a video clip of you dancing for this. This is not happening. <laughs> um, but a good ending to a great match. This is definitely not the best match of the night, but my favorite match of the night. A lot of this match made sense. Natsu knows that she can't match Momo on strength and skill as a wrestler. So she has to resort to heel tactics to try to win. So bringing in the other members of Odeotai to assist and work on the outside a little bit makes sense. On the flip side of that, this was the kind of situation Momo wanted to avoid as she is a technically superior wrestler. Her natural instinct is to kick the shit out of her opponent, not to go to the outside and use the equipment. Momo has always been a top performer in our timeline, and her work here is nothing short of a five-star match as usual. However, this was our first opportunity to see Natsu work in a serious singles match in the main event. And let me tell you, I'm a fan. I'm willing to see it again. 
And I've wondered a little bit when I was taking the notes for this, why we don't see more of this side of Natsu. Everything done in this match by both ladies made absolute sense and probably couldn't have been done better. I can tell you already that I can go for about a week on how this match and Natsu are underrated. So without a doubt, this is definitely my match of the night. Well done, ladies, and special thumbs up to Natsu for showing us a wider spectrum of talent. I'm ready for more main event Natsu now. And on a plus side, they did escape with the flag and the mask, so you know there's more story coming. And with that, Momo leads QQ and closing the show. Matt, match of the night for you? Uh, clearly, as we just said, Natsu and Momo, I think two highly underrated wrestlers, and they showed us why in this match. They're, they're amazing. You could tell this wasn't a pay-per-view type show, but it was still a damn good TV show. Yeah, big fan. Heel of the night, Matt? For me, I'm giving it to all of Odiotai. I mean, they literally attempted kidnapping. You can't get much more hillish than that, right? It is a felony. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I'm going on a curve here tonight, Matt. Curve? Got it. It's replacement ref. Ooh, the ref is the heel of the night. Not old screamy guy from the crowd? Nope. I'm pretty deaf and can ignore most of that. (laughs) Fair point. Times are tough right now as people are unsure how to behave facing a pandemic. This is why we haven't been visited by aliens yet, people. If you're watching us in the future, let us know how it works. They see you hoarding shit tickets for a viral infection similar to the flu. And last I checked, the flu didn't give you the running shits. No. But leave it to stardom to lead the way even more as they get ready to crank up their 2020 Cinderella tournament with medical staff at the doors to check people and hand out masks. Oh, I am watching this one. Free on YouTube. Round one is going to be completely free on their official YouTube channel, which we are linking here. Yep. Who's your pick? Hmm. I think, logically, it's got to be Julia or Hannah. But, considering in our timeline she just survived a kidnapping, I'm going to Zoomy. I'll second all that. Fair enough. As always, I would recommend to our viewers, or listeners, depending on how you're hearing this, to go over and spend the 920 yen a month at www.stardom-world.com. It'll provide you with hours and hours of wonderful wrestling that never gets old and is apparently cheaper than shit tickets over here right now. Fair point. Check them out. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button here on the YouTube We've been seeing a lot of our traffic feed directly into the official Stardom channel, as we noted early on in the episode, and that couldn't please us any more than what it has already. We're we're ecstatic about it. Mission accomplished. So help us grow and expose more people to Stardom by doing so. Yeah. You can get our audio formatted shows on iTunes and SoundCloud, where I'm thinking about adding audio of me reading the phone book of a random foreign city. Why not? That happens. Also, don't forget, we really appreciate your comments. We don't know everything and are always open to advice, learning, and general good nature jackassery. We might forget about it later, but we'll at least give you a shout-out and respond to your comment. I'm Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And Dr. Brian is now armed in his room, so we won't be aggravating him anymore this episode. And don't forget, in these times, find a favorite local wrestler, man. Check him out. Give him some likes. Give him some subscribes. Give him some ad revenue. We recommend following Ziggy Dice on Twitter. He's hilarious. Yeah, he truly is. 
So we'll catch you next time back here, apparently, since I'm no longer allowed to travel at this point. Yay! <laughs> telling me I have to stay here in Texas with my golf gloves. <laughs> Stats ain't mad. <laughs>